I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which this episode was recorded, the Nunani people of the Southeast Nation. The Nunani people are the traditional owners of Bruni Island in Tasmania, and their history goes back over 40,000 years, some 1,500 generations. I would also like to acknowledge the strength and resilience of the Tasmanian Aboriginal community as the continuing custodians of Lutruwita, Tasmania, and pay my respects to all Elders past and present. Hello there, I'm Kirsty Costa and this is Weekend Birder, a podcast for people who are bird lovers and bird watchers. Recently, I did some research for the Weekend Birder website and came across the Bruni Island Bird Festival. I reached out to the organisers to ask if they'd like to come on the pod and now it's my pleasure to introduce you to the festival coordinator, Ella Rolls. I grew up birding uh, without realising. Me and my dad weren't close, but he was a big birder of backyard birds and I never really thought anything of it. I just was like, oh yeah, my dad likes looking at the birds that come to the bird feeder or the like the bath in the backyard. And he always kind of grew up teaching me about those birds, like the kookaburras and the wattle birds. And I, I grew up in Bendigo, so we had quite a lot of backyard birds. I was like, oh, whatever. Everyone learns about the birds from their parents. That's normal. And then when I went to uni, I studied outdoor ed and very quickly realized I knew a lot more about the local birds than anyone in the cohort. In fact, even more than some lecturers, even though I was 18. But I was like, oh, maybe this is my, this is something that I can focus on and get better at and uh, make a bit of a career out of, which was really, really interesting. Ella grew up in Bendigo in Victoria and has lived in Tasmania for five years after meeting a great group of people and seeing a great group of birds. I came down on a holiday and met some of my now really, really close friends. I was a hiking guide before I moved here, so there was always lots of work. And when I moved down, I realized that there is a really, really great family of endemic species here in Tassie. So there's 12 endemics, and that means you can't see them anywhere else in the world. And that really captured my heart. They're also, a lot of them are quite easy to see and really enjoyable to watch, and they all have really great personalities. So that's something that's kind of kept me hooked on Tassie over the years. Ella has explored most of Tasmania as part of her work as a hiking guide. She now works mainly in Freycinet National Park on the East Coast. This area is home to picturesque Wineglass Bay and is on the country of the Tureno Mermina people, who are part of the Oyster Bay Nation. But again and again and again, Ella returns to Bruni Island. So Bruni Island is an island off an island off another island. So if you start with a picture of Australia, right down south, right down the bottom is a little island called Tasmania. And then you go south of Tasmania, right down the bottom to a little island named Bruni Island. If you start your journey in Hobart, which is the main capital of Tassie, you drive like an hour south and you come to a town called Kettering, where you jump on a ferry that's about half an hour and you catch the ferry over to Bruni Island, which is kind of like two sections of island joined together with an isthmus in the middle. And across the island, you get a variety of different environments. Uh, including rainforest and a lot of coastal areas with lots of beach, as well as some beautiful lagoon areas and dry sclerophyll forests and open woodlands. So it's a real great, diverse area for birdwatching and nature enthusiasts. As Ella mentioned, Bruni Island, or Lunana Alona, 
is effectively two islands. The north and the south sections are bound together by a narrow isthmus called the Neck. An isthmus is a narrow strip of land that connects two land masses and two separate bodies of water. On one side is the ocean and on the other side is a bay. You might see little penguins or short-tailed shearwaters at the Neck from September to February. Bruny Island is actually deceivingly large. In fact, it's the size of Singapore. A lot of the action is in the south, so you'll need a car to get around because the ferry will drop you off in the north. But it's worth it because there are so many great birds to see, vistas to admire, and many delicious meals to be eaten. It's a great place for a bird festival. So the festival's been running for, I guess, technically 14 years, but it's only its seventh iteration this year. We had a few years off because of COVID, which was very unfortunate. I volunteered at the last one, which was in 2022, and I was incredibly lucky to be offered the role of coordinator, which was such a delight because I really enjoyed being involved. We focus on science, conservation, community, and creativity. So not only is it a birding festival like you, like people may know it in other countries where really hardcore birders come together to get new lifers and add birds to their list, it's a real focus on community and nature as well as conservation and education around how to look after the birds that you get in your backyard and the things that we can do to make sure that we can still see all these 12 endemic species in Tassie. I think our main demographic is people who like observing birds rather than twitches. We definitely, I've definitely got a lot of emails from people coming from overseas, from the US, from all sorts of areas far away, um, and they're all really, really enthusiastic. But I think the majority of people are people who live locally who just love getting together and chatting about birds with other people in the community, which I think is really, really beautiful. All levels of birding are catered for and the tours are really easy, really affordable, which is great. We keep the costs really, really low. Families can come, kids can come. A lot of things are free for kids under 12, which is fantastic. And we also have a lot of things that are less bird heavy and more conservation art creativity heavy. So we do like a trivia night different sorts of guest speakers and workshops and that sort of thing. Something that has grown over the years is the art side of the bird festival. Bruni Island itself has a huge art-driven community, which is something that we've really drawn expertise from. We have a full art exhibition, which now runs on its own and will be running for the entire week that the bird festival is only on the weekend. So we've got uh, a beautiful local who runs the Dens Hill Art Exhibition in North Bruny, which anyone can enter any art and it's free to enter and there's prizes and it's a people's choice vote and you can buy the art, you can sell pieces of your own art. Uh, We just want to bring people together to share that with, of course, the theme is going to be birds, Tassie birds. We also have a beanie competition where anyone from anywhere in the world can enter a handmade beanie in a couple of different categories. Depending on what sort of bird you want to create or theme you want to create into your beanie, you can knit, crochet, weave, sew, whatever you want, and you can send it in and enter for another community-based competition. We have a island-wide gatepost sculpture competition, which is a really, really fun one because families really get involved in this. We encourage people to use things that they already have in their home to create sculptures that reflect the theme of birds in some capacity on their gatepost. And then we create a map, an interactive map, where people can drive around the island and check out different people's gatepost sculptures. And it's a real interactive way to showcase the island and its beauty and to get people involved in making art, which is great. 
Hopefully you're listening to this episode in the first month that it goes live, so you have time to work out if you can make it to the festival. Here are all the details. This year for the seventh year of the Bruny Island Bird Festival is in March, the 15th to the 17th of March, 2024. We will be kicking things off on the Friday. There's tours on the Friday and then we have a big welcome dinner and a party on the Friday night. The evening events and dinners on each night of the festival. The art exhibition will be running longer than the weekend itself, which is fantastic. So you can hang around the island and check that out. As well as having some things on the Thursday and the Friday in Kettering at the Raptor Refuge. They're putting on a birding exclusive property tour, which is another wonderful thing to get involved in. So we really like to have other parts of the community share on either side of the weekend. So it's not just the weekend. You can come down to Tassie for an extended period of time. If you're like me and the budget's a bit tight, you can start making plans to attend the festival in 2026. I'll see you there. <laughs> Let's learn more about Tasmania's 12 endemic birds. There is the Tasmanian native hen, green rosella, dusky robin, scrub tit, Tasmanian scrub wren, yellow wattle bird, yellow-throated honeyeater, black-headed honeyeater, strong-billed honeyeater, and the black currawong. You may also see the Tasmanian's lawnbill, which Ricky Coglin talked about in episode 58. And if you're really, really lucky, you might see the 40-spotted partalote. The 40-spotted partalote is a gorgeous little bird. It's a rare, endemic and endangered species that's been in decline in the last century. The bird itself is very, very small. Imagine just a little bit of a plumper size than a fairy wren. They're only very, very tiny. They're olive green kind of all over with some with black wings and they have 40 spots on their wings and they're very, very small white spots. These birds are super elusive. They only live in one species of tree, which is the white gum, Eucalyptus viminalis. And I've always experienced them to be very, very quiet and very hard to spot unless you're in the right tree where they're feeding. Then you kind of see flurries of them in the canopy, which is so gorgeous. They're feeding off these little things called lerps, which are like the sugar casings on the outsides of insects that live on the leaves in the canopy. We do also get two other types of pardalotes in Tassie, uh, and they can be very easily mistaken because the spotted pardalote also looks very similar, but it's a lot louder um, and generally a lot easier to see than the 40 spotted. The 40 spotted is a lot more olivey green and yellow, and the striated doesn't have any spots at all. And the spotted partalote has a lot more red rufousy colour on it and a black head. That's the easiest way to tell them apart, I find. That recording was by Peter de Groot Bertsma. And you can learn more about Australia's partalotes in Weekend Birder episode 37. Another Bruni Island bird that has captured Ella's heart is the swift parrot. It loves hanging out in the Tasmanian bluegums, which creates for a very dramatic scene when you see them bobbing around in the canopy up there. They're a, they're a parrot that looks really, really similar to a lorikeet or a musk lorikeet, but they have slightly different colorings. They have the very distinctive red kind of chin and just above their beak and a gorgeous bright green back. And they are incredibly fast. That's why they're named the swift parrot. The only times I've really seen them is them darting around in the canopy super, super quickly flying in formation they look like little jet fighters almost we do get them on bruni there's a little patch of trees right near the uh, adventure bay hall which is our headquarters for the festival where they are pretty likely to frequent that's actually the bird that we have on our main poster for our advertising for this year's festival which is really cute a beautiful beautiful photo of us with parrot 
we're including this year in the festival a tree climbing workshop uh, where hopefully you can get up into the canopy and kind of feel what it feels like to maybe be a swift parrot up there. That recording was by Ramit Singer. You might remember previous weekend bird guests talking about the orange-bellied parrot. The swift parrot is also critically endangered and it also spends its summers in Tasmania to eat and breed and then it flies across Bass Strait to the Australian mainland for the winter to escape the cold and find more food. To bring attention to its plight, there was a huge community effort to have it voted BirdLife Australia's Bird of the Year in 2023 and that is why it currently features on the Weekend Birder t-shirt which you can buy from the Weekend Better website as part of a fundraiser for BirdLife. To finish our chats, Ella wants to share her favourite birdwatching tool with you. It's maybe not as tangible as you might think, but it's using your senses for birdwatching. So, yeah, binoculars are great, field guides are great, bird apps are great, but the thing I love the most about birdwatching is sitting down in one place and just listening and listening and waiting and being patient for those birds to come past you because they always do if you're patient enough. Being able to listen for just that slight little bit of a bird call, working out which direction it's coming from, and then just observing them as they move through your space, I find is a much better way to be able to see more species than it would be to be tramping around in the bush loudly creating chaos. Because I find they always just want to come to you rather than you trying to find them. I don't know about you, but I love hearing about how communities are appreciating their local birds. Kudos to Ella and to the Bruni Island community for taking their bird appreciation to new heights and having a festival in their honour. Links to the festival's website and social media accounts can be found in the show notes. Hey, before you move on to your next birding adventure, would you mind doing me a favour? If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, search for Weekend Birder to find the podcast's homepage and then select the three dots to rate the show. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can rate the show and leave a review. It turns out that in the podcast world... Every rating and every review is really important and it helps to get the show on people's radars. Thanks so much for your help, better friends. In the next episode, we're going to learn about an iconic Australian bird that lives in our wetlands and also in our cities. Speak to you then. <laughs>